Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Preparist, and joining me is my co-host, Brenna Calvert. Hey, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Beat Performer. Yeah, so guys, uh, check out Beat Performer. It's an amazing drink to add to your training regimen diet. Um, it's 100% beet juice, and let's just say um, it's very hearty, earthy taste to it, which is awesome, all natural, and they basically, um, beets will aid in your cardiovascular wellness, so that, again, it's going to help translate into your running and OCR and whatever sports you're doing, but um, try Beat Performer. They're great little small cans um, you can grab on the go and take with you before your workout. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm picking up some this weekend, so I can't wait to give it a try. Anyway. Enjoy, I promise. Yeah. Today's guest is Conquer the Gauntlet co-owner David Mainprize. Uh, Conquer the Gauntlet is a obstacle series that's occurring out in the Midwest. They currently have around nine races this season. Conquer the Gauntlet is a family-run obstacle race series that's been around since 2012, which makes it one of the longest-running multi-state obstacle course race series in the country. It's run by David, his brother Stephen, and Stephen's wife Courtney. And obviously, me and Brenna are huge fans of the series, so David, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No, no bias here at all. <laughs> Dave, is this your first OCR podcast? This is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of doing this the same way that I did CTG. You know, you don't need to be around something to be involved in it. So first podcast ever to listen to or be on. So, boom, first uh, ever. You don't, you haven't listened to any of the podcasts I've been interviewed on? Uh, uh, no, I haven't. You're hurting my feelings, David. You're well, I mean, them. somebody's got to build the obstacles, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> well, anyway, for there, I mean, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't even hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess let's start at the beginning. So kind of take us through the beginning parts of Conquer the Gauntlet. Like, how did it start? You know, when was the first race and kind of where did the idea come from? Sure, I can definitely give you that information. Uh, let's see here. 2010-ish. Uh, first of all, me, my brother, Steve, and Courtney were the three owners of the business been uh, involved ever since the beginning obviously founders creators um so it's not like we just purchased a company or you know had people helping us it was just us uh so in 2010 we're living in tulsa oklahoma you know some of us are steve was in college still or just graduated i was actually in law school at the time just about to graduate and we heard of this thing called the warrior dash it was supposedly coming to tulsa um we could see in a couple of ads for it and we we're like oh it's interesting you know didn't sign up for it didn't run it but we'd heard of it and then kind of started researching and thought it was a really cool concept and kind of just played into all the things that we were interested in through our whole lives, you know, building things, um, being around a community of people, you know, a lot of camaraderie and also, you know, the athletic element as well. And so we were like, man, we could do something like this. And so we sat down and we actually were on a, we went to, we, on a, we went on a ski trip and we were driving all the way to Colorado and back. Um, this was kind of before smartphones or any of that stuff. So you have nothing to do on the road trip. So you're talking about whatever you want to talk about. And we were talking about our possible business we were going to start. Um, obviously, we didn't know where it was going to go from there, but uh, we decided we wanted to have something like a, a mixture between a, really the only two series that really existed at the time outside of 
Spartan race, which is really only on the coasts, uh, Warrior Dash and Tough Mudder, because Tough Mudder, you know, is a super long race, um, sort of Evan style stuff, and then Warrior Dash is short. And we were like, well, we want to have a short race that has a ton of obstacles. And so outside of that, we just started creating basically all of our own concepts and our own ideas um, of what we would bring into this event that we were going to create. So when y'all were coming up with ideas, what, like, Conquer the Gauntlet, it's not your average name or just one <laughs> word. Um, what is, where'd that name come from, or was that your idea, or Steve's, or? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Conquer the Gauntlet is definitely a mouthful, um, especially when you're typing it constantly. I actually hate typing it out all the time. Um, no, and that's funny, uh, good question, because, you know, I'm on this podcast, Steve and Courtney aren't, so maybe one day you guys can interview them, but I'm going to give things from my perspective, and they can give, uh, things from theirs at some point in the future, um, but so there may be some things up for debate. Um, I don't really know who actually came up with the actual idea. Um, I'm going to take credit on this podcast, but Steve may have something <laughs> to say about that. Um, but no, seriously, um, we thought of the idea. Everything that we kind of came up with as far as the initial first piece of everything was just kind of a conglomeration of ideas. Um, you know, the gauntlet is actually, you know, it's it's a metal glove that a knight wears, Um and then, you know, the term throw down the gauntlet kind of flowed from that. And then if you've seen the movie First Night, there's a gauntlet. And so the term gauntlet means it has several meanings. So we thought that was a great word. And um, at the time, like I said, Warrior Dash, so Warrior was a big thing. Spartan was a big thing. And then being a mutter was a big thing. And so we kind of were like, well, Conquer is like a great – and this is kind of before – this is way before Conquer became like a super annoying buzzword um, – then so we were like conquer the gauntlet. It just it sounds kind of it sounds gnarly. It sounds awesome, um, and it kind of you know you want your race to be able to have people know what it is just by hearing the name. So we came up with the idea, the name, and then for some reason we just decided it was going to be four miles. Um, if you know anything about us, we just like things to be bigger and better. So Warrior Dash was three miles or a five k, and we we're like, well, naturally four miles, you know, <laughs> something bigger, something longer. But not, not, not five miles, only four. So four miles, 25 obstacles. Don't know why we stuck with those numbers we just did. Um, thankfully, we didn't think of it being any longer or bigger. Um, but so we, we had those as the concepts, and then we, we went to our friend Ben DeBell. You know, one of the things you got to know about Conquer the Gauntlet, which most people do, is that we started the company with nothing, and we started with $500. Um, we, started, we started by restoring actually an old 1979 Camaro. And by restoring, I mean getting it running and painting it flat black with some green on it. And we sold it for like 500 bucks or so, and we took the money to our friend Ben DeBell, who's our web designer and also our old high school friend. And we were like, all right, here's the idea, and here's the name, and here's a little bit of money. And I mean a very little bit of money. Can you make us a website? And so then he came back with the crest and those different uh, the ideas that are on the website, which really propelled us into looking like we were legitimate when at the time we certainly were not. <laughs> wow. So yeah. the, the the lion logo was did you tell him to make a lion logo or he just pulled that out of his whatever? I mean the the thing is we, we kinda went to him, we were like, All right, here's the name, Conquer the Gauntlet. It needs to be we want it to be a four mile, twenty five obstacle race. Here's some of the thoughts we have as far as what we want the obstacles to be like and the race series feel to have. Um, and then we gave him the colors, green and black, which were actually colors me and Steve have always loved. And, you know, we've been involved with some clubs that were those colors as well. And then we told him, um, you know, outside of that, we were like, we want it to be something that is – medieval is not quite the word, but we want it to be, you know, kind of like rugged and 
gnarly and uh, I don't know what the exact, exact word is for it, but we want it to be regal sound feeling almost. And then he came back with the crest with a lion, and then it kind of just everything just flowed from that. Um, once he once we saw that, it, everything kind of made sense. And he really, I mean, he did a phenomenal job of bringing the things that we said to him, which is was his job and what he's really good at, bringing his bringing our ideas and making them into something tangible and visible. If that makes any sense. Yeah. No, it does. The uh, website looks great, obviously, um, and uh, I, I love the logo. I love the name. I think it's great. Yeah, it's really cool, and um, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny, just a little side note. When when he created the website, you know, as soon as we saw it, we were like, wow, we look like a real company, and like, that's kind of funny for us to talk about, but as far as from a customer's perspective, you know, any layman's perspective, they look at that and they go, oh, this is something that's, that looks legitimate. And so from the very, very get-go, um, we had we, – we looked like a legitimate thing that was operating already almost. And so people were drawn, drawn to it for lots of reasons. Hmm. And that initial yeah, – year- oh, wait, go, go, go for I it. I was going to say, I, I clearly like the lion since I just got one tattooed <laughs> to my wrist. <laughs> Yeah, there's several CTG tattoos out there all revolving around the lion. Yeah. Well, you know, the lion concept is really great because it, you know, it brings so many different things um, up in your memory or in your, you know, your psyche as far as, you know, king of the jungle or, you know, being lion-hearted or whatever it is that just, you know, the lion means to you. Yeah, I'd never heard of Conquer. Well, I just got into obstacle racing actually in 2014, and I'd never heard of it when I was living in Kansas City and... I think I was in the MAOCR Mid America Obstacle Course Racers Facebook group, and people were like CTG, 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 and I was like, "What are we talking about?" You know, exactly. I'm, I'm googling CTG and nothing's coming up, and I was like, "What?" And eventually, eventually, I found it, and I was like, "Okay, this looks interesting, and uh, obstacles look challenging, so uh, I'm gonna give it a try." And I did my first one in Kansas City, and then a second one, I think, in uh, Wichita. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I remember meeting you. I think the very first time I ever actually met you was in was I believe in Wichita in 2015. Yep. Yeah, I had a bad race and uh, like you know, with the obstacles <laughs> being challenging, I had a bad race at that first one. So I uh, finished <laughs> the course and and called it a day. I was like, man, that's it for me. I'm gonna, uh, what got what you, Evan? Which one? What got you? Uh, stairway to heaven. It was like super muddy. It, it had rained. Oh, yeah, it was bad. super wet. And the uh, when I got there, the like, I kept waiting for the course to kind of be a little less muddy, and it just never was. You know, like, I was going to, like, hold back a little um, yeah. and wait till I got to, like, a flatter section of ground and really open it up, and it never did. And then, uh, so I was mm-hmm. trailing a little bit by the time I got the stairway, and then the stairway was just, like, covered in mud, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was uh, one of our muddier races. So. Yeah, I've never had an issue with stairway. Couldn't tell you what that feels like. <laughs> Complete sarcasm, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things I really love about your series is the the obstacles are challenging, and they like for me as an athlete, they push me to train harder and learn new skills. Like I I never looked was interested in doing a pegboard until yeah I saw you guys debuted in Tulsa at the end of 2015, and I was like I should probably learn how to do pegboard. And now <laughs> you, can, you can see people posting videos online. Uh, one of the guys in my strength and speed group, Kevin Hill, just posted a video today of him. Completing a pegboard, I think for the first time, like the full length of it, and was like, That's I'm, com- awesome. "I'm coming for you, Pegatron!" And I was like, "Right on!" Yeah, I've seen so many people uh, create pegboards, you know, just in the last year or two, just because of the of the old Pegatron. It's a beast. 
So the, How does that make you feel, like, uh, seeing people post videos specifically? Because, I mean, I, I guess with OCR Championships, um, Stairway to Heaven was a debut obstacle, featured obstacle there in Canada from Conquer the Gauntlet. Um, that I mean, I know you went up there. I was helping you. went up there and built it. So as an owner of a race series that this is going on, like, seeing videos of Stairway be posted mm-hmm. from people trying to conquer it, and then now, like, Pegatron, how does that feel when you see all that, just thinking, like, wow, this is what it is now? Yeah, I mean it's it's funny because it, I mean some days you know you, it just kind of goes right over your goes right past you because you see it oh, so many things like that so often. But at the, at the end of the day, some days it is it's really cool and and humbling and interesting just to see so many people posting you know different things about CTG. But especially you know going out and building the obstacles we have. Um, it's funny because you know when you first started, we first started this. I mean, there's no way we could have ever thought that that was going to be something that happened. But it, it's happening all over, and it, it's really it's really funny and interesting to see. The people doing that, and it's also cool because the people that are doing it, you actually do see them improving, and then they get to the race, and they have that moment where, you know, instead of just getting to be able to try it, you know, for a couple seconds on a course, they're, they've been in their their garage or their backyard or wherever it is doing it, and then they get to actually conquer it and complete it on the course, and that's a really a really cool moment to get to see them do that. That's awesome. I think like we're, we're- ultimate rewarding right there for you oh yeah definitely um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are like that that that, that make it uh everything that we do worth it you know and it, evan this kind of maybe we'll actually i don't know what you were going to ask me next but it's it's kind of funny when you said you know that the obstacles were difficult for you and even for you and then also um talking about how you went and built a, a peg pegboard and you never really thought about doing one a lot of the things that we have in our race series and that we've had since the beginning we never really thought of them as being, you know, particularly harder than any other thing. It's just like what we came up with. I, you know, and I can talk about that more if you want me to, but it's it's funny the way that that all worked out. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the that was going to be one of the follow up questions. You know, how do you determine right. the appropriate difficulty level of some of your obstacles? Or yeah, that's and that's that's funny because you know in 2012, so in 2010, in the winter of 2010, is when we first heard about the Warrior Dash. And it came through Tulsa that next spring. We didn't do it. And then that winter, um, in two, at the end of 2011, is when we first started Conquer the Gauntlet as far as, you know, working on all the back-end stuff with the website and legal work and getting all the, the things prepped out to run the business side. And, you know, then we sat down and we designed out kind of what the course was going to be like. Um, so, and Steve is, is really the main architect of, of most of our, our signature obstacles. Um we sat down and we said it was going to be four miles, 25 obstacles, but then from there, you know, you actually have to know what they're going to be, obviously. So um, we sat down and we, we created these different obstacles. You know, we're going to have this, you know, the five walls. We're going to have, you know, the the, and the monkey bars. There's, there's certain things that are just you're going to have in an obstacle course race, you know, a crawl, a carry, things like that. And then there's the things that we've kind of cre- came up with that are very much signature Conquer the Gauntlet, things like Stairway to Heaven, Pegatron, and you know, I could go on further, but – and we sat down and we first started creating what the obstacles were going to be. And I think it was a, to a great advantage of ours is that we really didn't have any kind of concept of what the other races were doing. And there really weren't that many races at the time. So we just kind of sat down and said, this would be cool, you know, not really thinking about whether it would be, first of all, something that someone else had ever done. And second of all, you know, whether that would even be hard for – I mean, we tried to make it doable, but we didn't really sit there and think, is an elite athlete going to have trouble doing this? three miles into the race when they're muddy or anything like that. It wasn't quite that detailed. 
And so, you know, we're, we're working our full-time jobs, and then at night we're going to our warehouse, and we're coming up with these obstacles, and then we're working till 3 or 4 in the morning getting them actually constructed. And so then we go out and we have our first couple races, you know, Tulsa, Little Rock, and the next year, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Little Rock, starting to move out and expand into Wichita, Kansas City. And if you know anything about obstacle course racing, these are not exactly areas where there's a ton of Spartan races and Tough Mudders. There's not other races in this area hardly at all. And so people at the time loved the race. They jumped over the five walls. They helped each other over them. And most of them probably had never – actually, I would say 95% of the people who ran our race in the first three years had never done another obstacle course race in their life. And if they had, it was probably a Warrior Dash because that was the only race coming within 500 miles of us. And so these people didn't have a concept of, of what was difficult per se in the world of OCR or what was standard. And so once we start expanding out and we getting more getting more people coming to the race that are quote-unquote OCR people and end OCR, that's when – People started talking about, you know, oh, this is really hard, or this is, you know, even complaining a little bit, but just saying, like, man, this is crazy. And so it, it wasn't like we set out to make the hardest race ever. We just set out to make an awesome race. And that's, I think that's a great advantage of ours is that it's still what we do. We just make things that we think are awesome and that we think other people are going to have a great time on. Everyone from the Evans and the Brennas of the world all the way down to, you know, the, the standard open wave guy who got, got off his couch for the first time uh, the week before the race. You know, and most people, as you know, don't come out to to try to do every single obstacle alone as fast as they can. Right. So it, there's a lot of things that play into that, but I think as far as the answer to the question, you know, we didn't really think about it being too hard for an Evan Preparis to do at full, you know, max heart rate or whatever. We were just trying to make a race that was a great experience <laughs> for people. Well, you guys absolutely crushed it. I mean, I. Yeah, after doing a lot of Conquer the Gauntlet, sometimes I'll go to other series and be like, be upset, be like, why is this so easy? Is it like only one eight foot wall? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> can we get a couple more like eight foot walls in here? And it's just, it's just funny. I like, it basically readjusted my baseline of you know, kind of what I think of other series and um, what I think of OCR right. in general. And and that's, and that's obviously not to say from my from like from what I said, it's not to say that any of the other series are are easy or, or not as good. You know, every series is different and, and awesome in its own way. And for us, when we sat down, we, we, we decided, you know, obstacle course racing in our minds or running an obstacle – there's no such thing as obstacle course racing hardly at all at the time. Running an obstacle course race for us was, you know, being able to run through this course and do all these different things that we came up with, um, whether it was crawling, jumping, or whatever, and being able to be, in my mind, a very much um, – almost – CrossFit isn't the word, but you want to be a very uh, diverse athlete. So it's not just good enough to be able to do monkey bars or be really good at balance but nothing, or running only and nothing else. You have to be able to do a, a numerous amount of things. And I think at the end of the day, that's why I'm involved in the sport and why I'm involved in the race series is because I think it, it's a great metaphor for life is that you can't just be good at one thing or expect only one thing or expect something to be fair all the time. You know, our course is going to throw at you things from all different angles, just like life is. And so you've got to be prepared for all those different things that, that we might throw at you. I like, I like that comparison. <laughs> and then yeah. I was going to laugh because I remember how Evan is – I mean, I look at Evan at being, like, well-rounded and everything, obstacles, speed, and then, of course, his distance. And I still giggle when I see his stomach after the slack line of Conquer the Gauntlet. <laughs> I'm working on my slack He's working line on still. it. I just need to work on it more, actually, but – 
Why I change it? Like, wait, your stomach on a slack line? What? <laughs> it just leaves like open wounds on my stomach for a couple of days. It's really not a big deal. I don't. <laughs> and as it, soon as you get the slack line down, we'll take it out and we'll change it to something else. I know. <laughs> that's, okay. that's okay. That's all right. Talking about changing things, what's anything like you'll change from? I mean, you started out four miles, twenty-five obstacles. Have you changed from that, or do you plan to change and add? Differ in your obstacles a little bit, grow with the obstacles. You gonna have any different distances, or are y'all staying with what you originally started with? Uh, for 2017, um, obviously we're gonna stick with the four miles and 25 obstacles. I do think we're gonna try to sneak in a couple of more obstacles at some of these courses because we just got a great opportunity to do that. So you may be needing to prepare for you know 27 or 28, which we've done many times. Um, it also depends on how you count them because the five balls in a row. If we were some of these other series, we could say we have 40 obstacles. But, um, yeah, no, four miles, 25 obstacles is the plan for the year, and there will definitely be some new obstacles debuted um, by Dallas, if not before, just depending on, you know, uh, time to set them up and registration numbers and whatnot. But, yeah, there's going to be some new things coming your way. Um, I can't give you all the details now, but very soon. Cool. I know we, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I just want to emphasize how big is, like, who builds these courses? How many people are out there building a CTG course? Uh, well, um, in the past, you know, we've had a lot of very interesting experiences um, involving that. Um, you know, back when we first started, it, it was just me. It was literally just me and Steve and Courtney. And then, I mean, you know, we would occasionally hire crew people to help us unload the semis, but you know, we have had a lot of experiences with that, you know, where people don't show up or where crews that you pay don't show up or weather keeps, you know, things from happening. But, yeah, I mean, it's just us. We're setting it up. Um, last year we were uh, – in the, and we also – one year, 2015, we were able to hire uh, my brother, my other brother, Phil. He worked with us for a year until he moved, um, and, and they had a baby. So he's he's kind of locked in with that situation right now. Um, and then last year we had Nathan, Nathan Palmer. You guys know Nate Palm. Uh, he was full-time build with us, so we had uh, the four of us out there um, doing it. And that was uh, when we met Brenna Calvert. Actually, first met her in Dallas. And uh, she can tell you the story better than me, but she basically <laughs> said, hey, guys, um, you're going to see a lot of me. I'll, where, when, where, where are we going next? We're going to be there. And we were like, uh, well, we're going to Oklahoma City next. We'll be there in three days. And there, there she was, <laughs> and she's been there ever since, and now she's going to be full-time build crew. You know, we're slowly growing, and that's, you know, a big part of CTG is, you know, our longevity is uh, involved a lot around, you know, slow growth, patience, and hard work. And so this year we're going to be, uh, me and Steve, and Courtney actually, she does a lot more of the logistics and back-end and, and registration work now and all those things that involve that. So building the courses will be me and Steve, Nathan, Palmer, uh, Brenna Calvert, and Tracy Jost. Um, so if you know them, give them a shout-out and tell them to make the courses easier if you want them easier or harder if you want them harder. But yeah, it's just been us uh, doing it for here four or five years now. Gotcha. So that kind of leads me – I kind of set you up for – it leads me to my next question. A lot of times on Facebook, you know, because I represent CTG a lot, people are always like, oh, get them to come to, you know, Carolina or Ohio <laughs> and, like, I don't think a lot of people understand that there's literally like a car full of people that is building all this and is running the backside support. Right. Um, and yeah, that's, that's very true. And, um, that, that's, that's certainly a half of a full half, if not more of the equation. Um, the other thing is that it's, 
I'm not going to get too far into this, but it's easy to get into the uh, OCR online or Facebook bubble, you know, of of people. And it's a great community, fantastic community, and I know pretty much everyone in it and have nothing but respect and love for everyone. But, you know, when you get someone saying, hey, please come to this city, I love that, and, and that's awesome. I respect that a lot. We'd love to be in that city, um, but there's a lot of reasons why we can. It's a lot more complicated than just, you know, we don't want to or we can't or we can't afford it, or there aren't enough people. You know, there's there's so much that goes into even having one event. I mean, the, the costs alone, to, to when you put something on the schedule, um, your costs right there alone are astronomical based on everything that you need to do. And so when someone says come to this city, it's easy to see, you know, 30 or 40 people, you know, jump on board with that on Facebook and, and be like, oh, man, maybe we should go to that city. You know, maybe there's some interest there, and, and there certainly could be or even is, but there's so much that goes into putting something on the schedule when it comes down to, you know, picking a date and the tens of thousands of dollars that go into marketing the event. And so, yeah, you may be able to get even 500 people on Facebook to say that they're going to go to something, but are they really going to click the button and send and send you their money? And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot to risk just based on. You know, and that's happened to us before. You know, people want us to come somewhere, and we'd love to, but and we have tried, and and the people that said they were going to come, they didn't, and that's not that's not against them. That's how life is, and so there's a lot that goes into trying to build a race series and expand it out um, across the nation. You know, I could and I could go on and on forever about that, but I think you kind of get the idea. Well, and that's and I, what I will say. I don't think people realize because this new season, 2017, I personally pushed very hard and I'm very excited to say that I mean there's three new locations this year alone being Atlanta, Central Texas right. and Houston which some people when they're seeing on Facebook are like oh well come here come here you know so and so is here y'all need to come here and thinking well we're adding three new cities to an already small slowly expanding race series so the fact that they've been around for six years and only had nine races and this year jumping up you know three more than they were people don't realize how big that is right there so it's just you know we always want to tell people well we would love to come to the carolinas and ohio and new jersey and every message you send we would love to be in all those places but hey come to atlanta the brand new location we have that you know like i will personally say Brenna, i am really excited about atlanta as a new location so everybody come check that one out and if it goes really well then hey you know maybe Next year we can try South Carolina or something and see how that goes. Certainly. And the other thing is, you know, kind of getting back to what I was saying about, you know, the, the, the little OCR community, it's so tight-knit, and it's, it's, but it's a very small community, especially compared to the people who are doing mud runs and obstacle course races. I mean, just as an example, I would just challenge anyone listening, go to the timing results for any race that you ever went to, uh, any obstacle course race of any kind that you've been to. Just look at the, look at the timing sheet. And, and especially if you're someone who's very connected in the sport, maybe you have thousands of Facebook friends and you know however many names. Go to the timing sheet, start reading them off. Let me know when you stop knowing who they are because it's going to be about eight to ten people down. You know, saying there's the thousands of people that are that are coming to these races. Even I, having had you know how many tens of thousands of people do my race or our race or whatever you want to call it, I don't know who these people are. They're coming. They're coming from all walks of life, and so it's not just getting a thousand people in a certain OCR group to say they're going to come to a race. It's it's a more matter of getting the full marketing perspective of all the people that are coming to these events, and you have to be able to be ready to put your nose to the grindstone and market to those people, not just the little bubble of people that are going to be spread out around the nation doing races that day. 
if that makes sense. The other thing is, you know, you always get this, you know, you always hear people say, if you build it, they will come. And I just want to say, like, publicly, that is not true. Like, that's just not right. It's just, it's incorrect. It's an incorrect statement. I mean, it's, it's a partially correct statement. It's more like, if you build it and are in the right market on the right day with a mountain of capital to market it, then they will come. You know, it's, it's silly to say, if you build it, they will come. Well, okay, wild, Atlas, Battlefrog, superheroes, you know, all these different things. Like, it's not true. If you build an obstacle course race, people aren't just going to naturally come to it. That's not, that's not a true statement. So. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, like you said, we've seen that with, we've seen what happens when companies expand too fast and try to go big too fast. You know, they, it's like a, you know, supernova burns out real bright yeah. real quick, and then that's it. And then everyone's like, all right, well, uh, I wish they'd come back, but that, not happening mm-hmm. yeah. and to brenna's point um if you are someone who loves obstacle course races and you're interested in cdg or maybe you've even done one or you wanted to do one and you do live somewhere near a race of ours you know within two or three hours or four hours but it's not in your city yet um and let's say that you've taken the time and the expense to travel to a spartan or you know one of the, any of the other series that have ever existed well now's the time to if you want our series to, to continue to exist and the other ones that are out there take the chance and spend the money and travel to ours, you know what I'm saying, just like you did the others. And so that's that's a challenge I would put out there is that if you want it to be in where you're at, uh, get yourself to where we are now, um, and we'll keep growing. And if not, we can't keep growing. You know, a lot of people, you know, and I get in these conversations all the time where people are like, can you please have a race here? Can you please do this? And I'm like, all right, let's think about it in like a much simpler situation. Let's just say that I've asked you to, to throw a party for me. And I, w- I want you to spend $1,000 to make this party really cool. But then I only gave you $100 to do that. And then now I'm coming to you the next day and be like, hey, you lost $900. Let's do it again next week farther away. You know, they just, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And it can't, it, can't, it can't happen that way and, and continue to be sustainable. So if you are somewhere where you want to race, make a Facebook group about it. You know, start spreading the word, but then also get those people to travel with you to where we are at right now. I think that's uh, that's very good advice, and one of the reasons you guys have been around since 2012. So, yeah, can't argue with that. And, and worse, we I mean, it used to be. I mean, I would never even ask people to do that because we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Little Rock, Arkansas. And as great as those places are, they're not easy places to fly into, and they're probably not close to where a lot of the people that are wanting our race to be there are. Well, now we are in Houston, and we're in Atlanta. These are airport hubs. You should be able to get into the race and 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 do it somewhat somewhat economically. Yeah, like everything flies in and out of Dallas and Atlanta. That's like those right. are major hubs for the U.S. Exactly. So. Yeah, and and we got Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Kansas City. And so Houston, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, uh, obviously, Conquer the Gauntlet's doing pretty well. Let's talk about your new adventure, Conquer Fitness. Ah, uh, yes. Another one of the, those things that people, you know, have been asking for for a long time. So ever since we had our first race, which was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. People have been wanting for people have been asking for us to build a place to start training for these, and so you know that's been an idea we've had since the beginning. And just you know, like I, like we've been talking about, we we are expanding slowly. We we aren't rich. We don't have a lot of money, and so we're doing things that are within our power and our abilities. And so you know, we've, we're just now starting to open up this Conquer Fitness. It's going to be a gym in Tulsa. Should be opening here in the next two to three weeks. It's got everything from obstacles to Ninja Warrior obstacles, as well as, you know, a regular working out area. We have indoor and outdoor space, um, very much CrossFit-type style things, as well as some resistance machines and a cardio bank as well. 
you know, with your uh, treadmills, ellipticals, rowers. And so that's the concept we're going with in Tulsa. And we also got, I need to give Dane a call. We're working on getting it finished up in Kansas City as well to have one there. And you never know where it might end up next. I've got a lot of people interested in, in helping us expand it. So it should be open in Tulsa soon, so come check us out. And I do believe we're going to be having some really cool indoor slash outdoor uh, little mini OCR competitions there at Conquer Fitness uh, here in this year. So look for those. Well, I can vouch. I was just there last weekend and can say how awesome it is and it- ever growing and i mean there's pegatron and great wall of america things and stairway and then i mean evan you actually get to be there this weekend to play right yeah by the time this podcast gets released i'll have already been there um so if you're listening to this head over to mud run guide there'll be some live video that we took uh, while there and head over to the conquer the gauntlet protein facebook page also be some live video from that uh joining me should be bryce robinson nikki call and Randy Lackey, so all uh, Conquer the Gauntlet protein people. So it should be pretty fun, and you'll get to see a good tour of the facility and some of the team doing some of the obstacles. It should be pretty cool. Okay, so now we've, I feel like we've talked serious and Conquer the Gauntlet as a series and how awesome it is and Conquer Fitness and how awesome it is. Now I have a really serious question to ask. Dave, <laughs> how that? does it feel to be this 2016 – world champion for the journeyman division in OCRWC in Canada. Boom. <laughs> you guys, I don't think that's a real thing. Boom. He won. I saw it. I saw the results. For, the, for those of you who don't know, journeyman, if you race essentially five OCR qualifiers, you get a you get qualified for the journeyman division. So Dave doesn't race very often, so he... Uh, Ever. He, yeah. He did his, his, his qualifiers and showed up and uh, came in first in journeyman, and it was yeah. a sprint sprint course. Sprint course, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure I really meant to do that. I was just running along with everyone else. But yeah, fantastic experience. If you have the chance, you should obviously get to the world championships and the U.S. World Championships in Texas. Uh, you'll, there are going to be some conquer the gauntlet obstacles there, and probably hundreds of CTG shirts and people walking around. And I I'm going to do the sprint course again. So bring it on, people. Well, that's what I was going to say. You've been training now, so everybody, I'm going to, like, I'm his, I don't know what you want to call it, marketing promoter that Dave main prizes, you know, training to be an elite athlete and take on some of the best. Yeah, I mean, if anyone out there is looking to sponsor someone. <laughs> You're, like, all fast twitch muscle fiber. Like, I saw you go through the sprint course, like, where were we, in uh, Little Rock, and I was, like, baffled at how, like, quick you were moving. Yeah, that's that's my background is really just being a sprinter, a soccer player, you know, an explosive. I'm I'm terrible at I mean like a five K seems like a marathon to me. So yeah, I'm I love I love fast things. I don't love long distance at all. Yeah, as an as an ultra endurance athlete, that's seeing someone move with such rapid movements like almost baffles me. It's like I, I don't even know if my body does that. Yeah, I'm, I'm my 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 natural genetic skill is just quickness and and, and short speed bursts. Really, nothing to do with long distance. I'm also not built. You know, I'm like five six on a good day, 140 pounds. So, <laughs> running 20 miles is not easy for me. Nice. Yeah, for for real though. I mean, I'm I'm gonna try to do really well at the sprint course because I also did the team challenge, which was really fun. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's out there is trying, they're looking for a way to do the some of the course but not do the whole thing, get a team together. It was really fun. And because I only got to run, or I only had to run the speed section, and so that was great. That was a great experience. It was pouring rain that day as well. 
Yeah, that was a ton of fun. The team relay yeah. was probably the most fun I had all weekend. Just uh, standing in the pouring rain and watching people just eat it down the hill with the red yeah. bag. Yeah, that was like fantastic. I did not eat it with the red bag, thank you very much. <laughs> on the uh, on the speed portion, my teammate, uh, Jordan Smith, came like stumbling down the hill and like I think someone oh, crashed yeah. into him and it was like a three-man wipeout and you know all the people waiting for the relay were cheering. So oh man! Yeah, during that it was it was literally dumping rain, and we were going down basically some serious black diamonds. And at the top of the hill, when we were running, that it was out of the spectators' view. But there were points where I was like down on in like a tripod, almost like sitting on the ground with one leg straight and the other one slightly bent. And literally, I was just skiing, sliding for I don't know 100, 200 yards at a time, passing people, running into people, bouncing off people. It was a great time, but it was it was definitely an experience. Alrighty. What else we got, Brenna? That's that's all I have. I mean, I could go on for days and days about Conquer the Gauntlet and ask so many questions and get Dave talking forever, but we don't need that. We got all the good stuff. <laughs> oh, this has been great. The um, again, I, I didn't know a lot of that background. I mean, I know like general, general. wave top stuff, but like some of the details, I thought was very interesting. So yeah, and and the thing is, it's 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 funny or it's it's kind of cool because. You know, I've just recently done a couple of interviews that are, that are similar to this, and it's kind of interesting how you learn about yourself or, or what you've kind of gone through or the things you've done by you know, talking about them out loud more so than just having them internally. And it's one of the things that I love is, you know, being a former athlete um, and, and just someone who's very driven and motivated and loves to get out there and do things, uh, being the owner or one of the owners of Conquer the Gauntlet um, is, is a fantastic challenge. You know, every single day, every single minute, you know, there's there's something going on, there's something happening, and there's you have so many, you know, different responsibilities and hats you wear. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's brutal and it's awesome. It's just almost like running your own obstacle course all year long. Um, but it's great because you know you get involved with these fantastic people and this fantastic community. And it's it's funny because at the beginning, you know, for probably the first three years of Conquer the Gauntlet, um, we weren't even a blip on the radar of what OCR was becoming and was at the time. And even still, we're just starting to get where we're being kind of accepted by the people who have been around or have not, – not that they weren't accepting us before, but just they weren't knowledgeable about it at all. And so this year we've – in the 2016 – end of 2015, 2016 with, with the pro team and Brennan, everyone coming on board, we've really grown not so much in venues or, or runners, but just in the way of people perceiving us and – and starting to be like, oh, that, that's a legitimate race series, and I want to get to, to that race. And, and this year, especially, we've got you know a lot of big names signed up for the Elite Waves. A lot of the big groups are coming out to the race. And so I would just encourage everyone listening, you know, get yourself to a CTG this year. Um, now's the time to do it. Um, we're growing, and it's going to be a, gr- a great, fantastic year. Well, yeah. uh, thanks, for co- thanks for coming on the podcast. Anyone uh, you want to give a shout-out to before we let you go? Uh, just to say hi to my wife, Lori. Love you. Oh, that was cute. <laughs> I, got, oh. I have a challenge for you guys. Shoot. Oh, boy. <laughs> Get Steve on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We'll work on that. We can work on that. I'll, that that'll be my – Maybe Steve and Napalm together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get Napalm on here eventually. All right. Well, yeah, I accept cool. that and challenge. Steve. And with that being said, um, I don't really have any – my major shout-out, I was going to say, is kind of bringing up based off when this will um, – air i we myself dave and i are participating in the green braid challenge at wyo ranch 
So I kind of wanted to mention um, why a ranch to everybody is going to be the venue for first ever UC, uh, U.S. championships, but it's also along with our Central Texas venue. So um, come check out Wyo Ranch in Central Texas for Conquer the Gauntlet, along with um, it'll give you a great course preview for the U.S. championships. But we will be there this weekend. Um, this will air afterwards. But So we're going to check out the ranch, and hopefully you all will get a view of it before U.S. championships. I'm going to try to beat Brenna at that course. Can't wait to hear about it. I'm just going to just tell people to check out Mudder and God. I put up two articles in the last two weeks. One of them is a review for Synergy Sports uh, rig grips and some of their, their hockey pucks and climber apparatus that you can buy to enhance your own gym. And the other one is an article about compression gear, specifically Marina Sport and then Conquer the Gauntlet uh, and Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team. So, if you're curious about compression and how it works and why you can't just use spandex to get the same <laughs> results, you know, go check out that article and uh, go pick yourself up some Marina Sport. And we also have a coupon code on the CTG Pro Team Facebook page if you're going to buy some. So make sure you hit that up and save yourself some money. I think that's all we got. Dave, again, thanks for having, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, yeah, of course. we'll see we'll see everyone in a week or two. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Can't wait. See y'all next time.